Hey everybody, my name is Chris Poster-Posterson, and I am back with another super deluxe special edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. Just in case you haven't heard one of these before, I am usually behind the scenes helping Scooter with the editing of the Sleep With Me podcast, but every once in a while he asks me to take a show that we've already aired and add some music and some sound design to it in order to make it a special edition super deluxe show. We do that as a way to say thank you to all those of you who are supporting Sleep With Me on Patreon. If you are already supporting the show, thank you so, so, so much. Scooter does a really good job. He works really hard on the show. So your support is uh, very much appreciated by him, by me, by everyone that works on the show. If you are not yet supporting the show and you get value out of it, you can go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron and you can help uh, Scoots to make the show. You can help some people get some much needed rest. Uh, it's a great thing to do. Okay. Thanks so much. Welcome to Super Deluxe what episode is it? I think it's 17. Super Deluxe 17. Let's get into it. For this week's Super Deluxe show, I thought it might be cool. Uh, there was a recent episode of the Sleeping the Podcast where Scooter was looking at a map, uh, a map that had Beaver Lake on it. Um, and I thought it might be interesting. I think we've done a Super Deluxe show inside of a car, but I was recently traveling on a train, and uh, I thought it would be kind of cool to do an episode uh, where we traveled by train around the map that Scooter is looking at during this episode. Of course, this is Sleep With Me, so it's not a normal train, it's a magical train. You'll hear sounds like this. Passing by as we travel around the map, Scooter is coming through an intercom system. Uh, and you know, we have the nice low rumble of a train to help you get to sleep. If you've never fallen asleep on the train, I definitely recommend trying it. And uh, here's a small taste of what that's like. Okay, I hope this helps you all get to sleep. Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy it, and good night. Alright, hey everybody, it's Trending Tuesday, and it's actually Tuesday, holy moly, I didn't even think of that, like normally Tuesdays I don't record podcast episodes because I have family commitments, uh, but it's Tuesday night and it's somewhere between so like a late 6 or early 7 p.m., half, half 7, half quarter 6, whatever you all say. And this, this holiday season, a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks back, a couple of months back, uh, like, I had gotten a co-gift, like a, a shared gift with my brother Ken, which is interesting because I was talking about him in the intro. I apologize, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus, Ken, like a, like a real, like a, my whole thing was like, why didn't I check in with him sooner about the movie? Uh, like, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not upset at all about, uh, uh, so, so, so just uh, this is not a passive aggressive exercise or anything uh, because uh, I couldn't have got a better person you know to look at this uh, have right into buttering it up and speaking of butter like uh, that like speaking of buttering and buttering people of us so Ken was a great person to get a shared uh, holiday gift with for my parents and they sent us something called a Syracuse crate C-R-A-T-E and the company happens to be run by somebody I went to high school and college with, Tom. And I don't know if I'll reach out to him in between, but, but uh, Syracuse, like a uh, Syracuse Crate, I think it's at SyracuseCrate.com, but I'll try to put it in the show notes. Tom's a great guy. So what's up, Tom? But uh, so my parents had got this uh, Syracuse Crate for. Uh, my brother and I to share for Christmas. What is a Syracuse crate? I can hear you asking already. And ideally, 
we'll do a real-time recipe episode around the Syracuse crate, uh, you know, down the road here. Uh, but a Syracuse crate is like a gift, it's, kind of, it's like a gift crate uh, with regional foods from, the, if you grew up in Syracuse or you lived in Syracuse, that you would, uh, you say, geez, I, you really can't get it anywhere else. You know, a little central New York regional pride and in our Syracuse crate, which have consumed almost everything, and saving one thing for my daughter, uh, came some Hoffman hot dogs, which I've talked about on the show before, and then some Hoffman snappies, which are like Coney Island dogs, which I don't know what they are, and I, I have this discussion every two years. I, I don't, but, but uh, they're, they're, but anyway, it's not important. And then uh, Gianelli hot Italian sausage and Hinderwaddle's salt potatoes. And so Syracuse has really good Italian sausage. And when you, when you live in Syracuse, uh, like, uh, at least in my family, like the summertime, like you eat a lot of Hoffman, Hoffman hot dogs and you eat a lot of uh, Italian sausage from Gianelli's or Staggerwald's. I just want to put that out there. Staggerwald's has got some great meat too. There's also a, ca- a can of uh, Mama's Baked Beans and then a uh, bottle of Dinosaur Barbecue Sauce, uh, turkey joints, which can... Uh, still not even sure what those are. My mom loves those, though. And there's also a map in there, and I guess I'll just tell you what salt potatoes are, because I don't want to, but I, briefly, a salt potato is like a small potato. I don't know what kind, like a rat, one of those little round ones. I, I think out here you call them Yukon Golds, but I think this is a different potato type. But uh, a small potato, and what you do is you boil the potatoes in like heavily, heavily salted water. Syracuse is a salt city. Uh, you know, playing real gritty in the old Salt City, I think, they used to sing. And, of course, I don't know the actual history of the salt potato. I think maybe I did an episode about it, but, like, you just boil the water in this really, really salted water. So the potatoes come out and they're cooked, but they're, like, uh, they're incredibly salty. And then you usually eat them with drawn butter and uh, with your Italian sausage and your hot dogs and beans, so. And oh, also it came with Hoffman's, uh, like a German-style mustard, I think. And I, you know, I thank my parents for that, but it also came with this map, like an old vintage-style map of Syracuse. And at first my brother, I thought my brother was gonna keep it, and they said, no, 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 maybe you could do a podcast episode from the map. I said, oh, okay. Uh, that's a great idea. So I think that's what we'll do. Let me uh, turn on one more light in here and unroll the mag. I'll pause it. Okay, I had to, I had to engineer a solution here because the map is like incredibly uh, detailed and uh, like the writing and the pictures are really small. And to set the mood, I mean, I'm, I'm here in my climbing closet where I record the podcast. So it's not the lightest place in the world. And then I always try to be conscientious about paper noises and stuff. This episode, I mean, I guess it's a little light, but it'll probably contain some map noises. Um, but this is a map, uh, like a cartoon, is that a right version? An- not animated, like a hand-drawn, uh, not a character of Syracuse, but I just, and I don't know what year, I looked at it for trademarks and stuff, I couldn't see anything. Uh, but it's a big map of Syracuse, and I guess what I'll do is just kind of go through it here, and maybe it'll spur some stories or whatever. I'm going to start in the upper left corner, Beaver Lake Nature Center, so maybe we'll come back to that. Uh, that's bad, please. Oh yeah, I got a good beaver, little boy. Um, 34, there's 34 golf courses in Onondaga County. Yeah, the brewery and industry helped make Syracuse famous, uh, Baldwinsville. We're near Beaver Lake. Uh, uh, Baldwinsville is known as the pheasant dog capital of the world. I did not know that. Uh, we are proud of our state championship wrestlers. There's the first trust in something company, some bank. Uh, Brown newspapers, I haven't heard of that. 
like they're dancing there. It looks like there's a dam there. I don't know. Then the Baldwins will try County Mall. I don't remember that. Some sort of mid lakes and navigation. Oh, what lake? I guess this is Onondaga Lake. Yeah, Onondaga Lake. There's a Holiday Inn, Sparky's Holiday Inn. A sign for the WSEN. Uh, WSEN must have paid for this map because I see them on here a bunch. I don't know what station that was either. So far, did you see? Did you grow up in Syracuse, Scoots? I did, but you know, I lived in a world of my own, you know, fantasy and design. Uh, Onondaga Park goes around the lake. You see Hiawatha Point, Perry's Office of Eyes, Hides Hot Dogs. That was a big part of my youth. That's in uh, Baldwinsville, North Syracuse. Uh, New York State Fair, uh, Fairgrounds. Uh, the Kino Carnival. Uh, ranked second to only New, 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 New Orleans Mardi Gras. That's Jordan. Jordan. The key new no new carnival. I don't I don't know that one. Again, it didn't claim to be a Syracuse historian. There's a Pepsi truck at the fair, uh, so there's a little product place. And this guy who looks like Evil Knievel on a BMX bike. Fairmount Fair. That's also I could use this for about ten podcasts. Now that I'm looking, uh, Fairmount Fair. We've done a few episodes from there. Mall walking. First mall walking episode took place there. Uh, then we have Coleman's Restaurant where I was a bus boy and a janitor for a short period of time. You think I did wash the dishes too, but mostly janitor and bus boy. Let's see, we see Carpenter's Brook, uh, Weber's West Side Inn, Elbridge, uh, the Chicago Market, uh, can't read a lot of the writing here, even Fowler High School, so that's right where that's near where I grew up. And off again, that's off of Gettys. Uh, Burnett Park Zoo, I'm assuming. I see a bunch of animals. West Jenny High School. So this map is definitely not because uh, I think West Jenny's closer to Fairmount Fair. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, the Amtrak station, the railroad. Station, museum, and library. West Jenny High said that. There's a disappearing lake. I don't know about that either. Oldest barn in the country, I see on here. Uh, for another first in trust. Uh, the Krebs. I think this, oh, this is Skinny Atlas Lake. Uh, the Cedar House uh, Restaurant Gift Shop for Mid Lakes Navigation. Oh, so I think companies could pay to be on this map because there's even phone numbers for some of these. Uh, there's the Native American Reservation in Nedro. Uh, the lake is approaching 15 miles long and 300 feet deep. That's Skinny Atlas Lake, I believe. Uh, Central Tech and Vocation Center. Downtown, that's in downtown. Then we have the Syracuse Cable Vision or something. Cable Systems. Hotel Syracuse, Paper Poppy, Sibley's. That's where we would go see Santa Claus. And they had a sky bridge between Sibley's and another place. Uh, Perry's Office Supply. Uh, Jeans Discount Craft Supplies. I wonder if the comic book shop's on here. There's the Money Towers. Those are the two big buildings in Syracuse, but they have a carrier label on them. Uh, Syracuse War Memorial. Uh, the Symphony and the Opera at the Civic Center. Another First Trust and Deposit Company. Uh, building where my dad worked. Uh, I don't know, uh, Syracuse Savings Bank was, I think, the, in the basement of the building. Wool Bombers can, Candles. Uh, this is the candle capital of America, they say. And Wool Bombers, uh, and I do know people that were in the candle business, so. Uh, my friends. Uh, you got uh, something, a 
historic landmark restaurant, Sheridan Inn, uh, Carpet Alley, uh, 2002 Space Odyssey, that's at the Disco. Oh, here's a place, hey, let me see if I can read this. Something Red Barn, I, that rings a bell, like Harcomer Red Barn or Harper Red Barn or something, Flamingo Bowl. track of the stuff that has good stories. Uh, Crystal, I don't see industrial color labs on here. Frankie's uh, Steakhouse and Pencan Mall. That was another mall that existed. Syracuse Boys Club and Syracuse China. They are world leader in commercial Chinaware. I think for like, uh, like uh, plates for restaurants. I think they used to say that they had that at the White House. Uh, Learberry Clothes, I remember that building. The factory outlet store, I think they had. MacArthur Stadium, that's where Syracuse's AAA baseball team used to play. Uh, DR Typewriters, uh, Curry Copy Center, Hanover Square, another First Trust Bank. Onondaga County Public Library, I've been to those. Uh, the Cathedral, uh, the Boys Club. I don't see the Landmark Theater, but that's probably on here somewhere. Another Chicago Market, another WSCN. The Heart of Syracuse Country, so maybe that's Syracuse's Country Station. And maybe that's why it doesn't ring a bell. Chicago Market, another Chicago Market. Uh, Song Mountain, that was a place with the Alpine Slide and men's to make with that with my cousin. They like ran into her thing, you know. Um, and let's see, so it's just a lot of people waving and walking. Oh wait, here we go, I see, I see some information about this. Produced and published by something, Scarborough, Ontario, Ontario, Canada, 1979, printed in the USA, uh, illustrated by Francesca Profili, looks like it's produced and published by Archara Inc. or something, uh, let's see, WSEN and University Hospital, I think that's me, I don't know if I was born in the University Hospital or Krauss Serving. I was born in Krauss Irving, uh, Syracuse University, where our buddy Hal went, and there's the Dome, Hall of Languages, uh, Clark, County, Clark Reservation, Conservation Area, I don't think I've been there. Um, if I have, I don't remember. Down to the Holiday Inn, uh, downtown, another Pepsi truck, Lorenzo, uh, the Swan, I don't know what that is, Highland Forest, that was the first time I went camping, I went there, um, Cam Mall, I mentioned that, uh, uh, Syracuse Airport, Hancock Airport, uh, what else do we got here, Shub Meals, I don't know what that is, uh, Central City Business Institute, WTVH5, the first TV station in Central New York, uh, the Art Cellar, uh, Janitor Service Inc., the Pat, Pat Bombard Buick and Opal, uh, Linder Publications, Syracuse Magazine, Syracuse Stage. I think my brother performed there. Then you have DeWitt and Casanova, the Reservoir, Syracuse University Bookstore. Uh, Mulligans and First Trust United and WTBH5. WTBH5, though, that was in, that's been in a podcast. That was the first time I appeared in front of an audience. You know, I told the sheepbelt joke to the guy, the weatherman or something. Uh, Fayetteville, have a terrific day. Maps Unlimited, Old Limestone. I don't know if that is either. It says here, Grover Cleveland, the 22nd and 24th president of the United States, grew up in Syracuse. 
I didn't know that either. If I did, I forgot it. We got some other lakes, round, round lake. I don't know if those are the green lakes. Chittenango Falls, we used to go there. That's where, Chittenango's where the uh, uh, L. Frank bombs from, I believe. Uh, Chrysler uh, process and gear, that's, uh, also says it's the four-wheel drive capital of the world, which makes sense, a sign for Vernon Downs. The original something have what you, something restaurant, uh, where the water flows north, Marriott Inn, uh, Oneida Lake, so we've talked about Oneida Lake on the show. Yes, yeah, about it. So let me take a look at this map and see what we can chat about on here, you know, that we haven't overdone. I, I mean, we've talked about Hyde's Hot Dogs. We could talk about that because that connects to, so maybe we'll talk about that second. But uh, I got a pretty decent, uh, um, what's that thing called? Um, Beaver Lake Nature Center story. So we'll do that and then we'll see what we have time for. So a couple of different things about Beaver Lake Nature Center. Now Beaver Lake Nature Center, I guess it's near Baldwinsville. I always imagine it on the way to the airport, but maybe, I don't know if it's before or after the Syracuse airport. And it's definitely on my list of things to do. I'd love, I mean, maybe I'll rec be able to record a podcast there at some point in the next year or two and get permission, you know, to do that. But, um, so it's, this is what I remember about it. I, don't, I honestly haven't been there in probably 30 years, 25 years maybe. And I don't know if Beaver Lake Nature Center was new or redone when I was in like fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Uh, but my memory of Beaver Lake is that it's like a, it's in a kind of a swampy area, a natural swamp, swamp uh, wetlands type area. And it has one of those boardwalks so you can walk out and go like deep into the swamp or the wetlands. And you know, be out in nature walking, enjoying the sounds and the trees and the wildlife and like uh, so that's one thing i remember about it i remember going there a few times with my family and then i guess i can't even i guess no wonder i barely remember it because i can't imagine my poor parents taking six kids and i don't know if any of us ever what, jumped off of the boardwalk into the swamp or you know pushed one another uh, but I do remember going there, I think in like, I, I guess I'm not sure if it was fifth or sixth grade, uh, but this will get right into awkward, like growth, growing up awkward territory. Was the, my biggest memory of Beaver Lake is that I, when, when I was there, I like, uh, it was like one of the, like, uh, I guess it was my first girlfriend and we were only dating about uh, two weeks and I don't even think we held hands. It was a very form formalized thing. And it was like due to one of my friends and not due to anything I did. Uh, but I remember I bought my girlfriend a pencil sharpener made of wood at the Beaver Lake Nature Center uh, gift shop. And I like struggled over it because I wanted her to like it, you know, because I wanted her to like me. And you might say, okay, Scoots, back, back it up, back it up, back it up. Like, you have a girl, like, you had a girlfriend once? And I say, yeah, yeah. Once for a very short time, I did. And I don't want to say her name, but it was, there was a two, and uh, let's see, how do I do this delicately as well? Like, I mean, I've talked about some grammar school stuff or like uh, elementary school stuff on the show before, or grade K through six, depending on where in the world you're listening to this, or primary, primary school, I think all those apply, and, you know, I, I, I like, uh, have, uh, have a lot of things, uh, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, I don't have low self, I guess maybe, like, this isn't about my self-esteem, but I definitely was not, uh, like, uh, even in grammar school, like what the opposite sex was looking for in a mate, even pre-mate, you know, this is like whatever a decade before you'd be thinking about mating. 
So this is only practicing the social rituals. And now think about how lately, I, I don't know. So, in, like I never had trouble making friends, but I had trouble connecting, like, like the whole idea, I guess, of confidence and self-awareness, those things. Like, I guess I never had trouble, I always had friends. And there was this time, like, uh, at our school where there was two sets of twin uh, girls at our school. And I was in love with, uh, like, one set of twins, particularly one of the two twins. Uh, and that was, like, so far out of my league. Like, these, were th these twins came to our school new, I think, in fifth grade. And, you know, they were stars. Everybody had a crush on them. And as I said, I had a lot of friends, so my fr two of my friends were, were their boyfriends, you know. I believe I can say their names, Pat and Kyle. And, uh, like, like, whatever, I don't even know what you do with it then. Like, 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 it, like you just say that it's your boyfriend and your girlfriend. It's just like a formality. I mean, in some sense, establishing the packing order. And that was just something, you know, that made me, like, give me, gave me butterflies in my stomach. I said, oh, wow, I, you know, and probably gave me, like, a visceral, what do you call that? Not visceral, but, you know, probably was an entirely healthy mechanism of saying, oh, one day, if I change, you know, she would like me or whatever. But not a terribly pa painful memory or anything, just like, okay, like, she was out of my league. I, I was, like, the second smallest kid in our class. And I just, like I, like, I was the oldest, like, I didn't have any male figure, like, my age or within my age range to say, hey, this is, you know, don't, you know, don't pick your nose and eat it, you know, do, don't do that or whatever, whatever I would do. I don't know. I don't think I did that, by the way. I, I mean, I did, I did, but it, I don't think I did it at that age and got caught, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think I had to, you know, anyway, it's disgusting. Uh, but so, let's see, so, within it, there was also another new kid that came to our school, another amends I probably have to make, uh, another person that worked their way into the story, this kid who moved in, uh, uh, in my neighborhood, and we quickly became, uh, good friends, and I think we, our paper routes overlapped, and... I think he ended up not being the best friend in the end, but his name was Bo, B-O, I think. I, th I mean, I think he had a real name, but I can't remember, like, uh, I can't think, but he, anyway, his name was Bo, B-O, was his nickname, like, what do you like to be called? And he was incredibly, like, he was a new kid. I think he was, like, like he was into MacGyver, I remember. And he was also, I think, confident and comfortable in his own skin, and he could connect with these uh, uh, classmates of ours that we were attracted to. And so he never had a hard time with it. And um, so at some point, I don't know if like one of these two other twins had a crush on him, and he was nice enough to like, dude, best friend duty. I guess he was my best friend at the time. He he, he arranged it so that if he was going to be this one girl's boyfriend, her sister would be my girlfriend. So an arranged, uh, arranged fifth grade relationship. And because these like relationships didn't involve doing anything except saying formal titles and calling each other on the phone. Because I don't even think you could go, I don't think we even went on dates at this age. Maybe, no, I don't even think till middle school we had, there was a, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe there was like, uh, like, I don't know, I don't think people went on dates at this age, even, I mean, obviously be super supervised. And maybe you kissed on the lips, I don't know, because it didn't, none of this happened to me. <laughs> so this is all based on, like, uh, you know, what I was imagining. But so, Bo had arranged it so that I would be, be this one uh, young lady's boyfriend. And we talked on the phone, and, and I mean, I think part of me knew that this was not because she was like, uh, I don't know, this is such a, because like not based on attraction, but you know, not, she didn't have a crush on me. And I kind of didn't have it, I, I was obviously, you know, swept away with these other, like these other twins. Though I also knew that even these twins were kind of like a little bit step above me as far as like, uh, 
the dating packing order. So I was like, uh, like playing above my whatever. I, I was like, uh, wasn't like I was like, geez, I felt lucky to have a girlfriend that that was very attractive or whatever. So. And, but I also I remember us talking on the phone, and then I remember like uh, like this gift. But I think this was the second gift uh, we got for them, or I got for her. Uh, and it would be the last, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Because uh, I remember, you know, if Bo was trying to be my big brother and like teach me these things, but Bo and I, since we had paper routes, we had a little bit of extra spending money. And he was one of the people, I guess we were probably in sixth grade, because we were old enough to go to the movie theater and Kmart together. And normally what we would do is we'd go to Kmart and then like buy candy if we were, you know, flush with money. And then we would go to the movie theater and uh, like during the summer, I guess this would be the summer between fifth and sixth grade. And so, let's see, like, where, where are we? So, but it's at one point we went to Kmart and we were going to buy the girls' earrings, our, our, our girlfriends. And I think Bo was in charge of this whole operation. And I think he was trying, like, I remember, like, I can, I can feel the physical feelings. It felt really exciting and good to be buying a gift for my girlfriend at Kmart. And I guess this was the age, I guess their ears were pierced, the girl's ears. And but I guess it was also interesting is the girl, her mother would later be my teacher. And she was a very good teacher, but she also had to throw me out of class a few times. Uh, uh, just, just as a, I, I don't know if that's irony, but wonderful people, wonderful people. So Bo and I were at Kmart. And like I can, I can, this is one of these memories that is vividly burned into my mind. It's so so interesting. Even the somatic feelings. I remember being there at Kmart, and this was a Kmart we frequented. It frequented me and Bo, but also me and my. You know, it was a Kmart near our house. And even I think we didn't go to the Kmart restaurant very often, but I can remember eating there. Uh, like once or twice, uh, you know, this was uh, when Kmart had like a diner right in the middle of them, which now I would probably, that would be the coolest thing ever. Like I went through this streak of trying to eat at Kmart, it's like probably, I guess it was the late 90s, uh, and, I was, and like I would get a patty melt, and I was like, or grilled cheese with tomato soup, and uh, man, that was a living, like, like and I, I guess not in the non, it wasn't like I was trying to be ironic, it was just like, it was, a, it just felt so, not rebellious is the wrong word, but just, it's like, all right, I'm eating at a diner in the middle of a camera, and for the most part, most of the time, it's good, good, good food, it was a good diner food. And this Kmart had like a sit down, like, I mean, I can picture the coffee, I can hear the clang of the coffee cups and the plates and stuff. Uh, but, but so Bo and I went on this operation into Kmart to buy our girlfriend's earrings. Now, I think Bo was, I mean, he was obviously much wiser than me and uh, knew what he was doing. And I think he was uh, like spurring this whole operation on, but, but uh, like, it, it seemed like in an older brother style way. And unfortunately, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know, Bo and I's friendship ended up deteriorating because, uh, like, let's see, how do I explain this? Uh, like, now, like, like uh, I had acquired adult materials uh, later on in our friendship from my neighbor, one of the, yeah, Billy, who was like an unofficial member of the Baby Kids. And then I brought those to, the one time I got to go to summer camp, I brought all those adult materials to summer camp and I put them like in my bunk and then kids, I don't think kids paid me. I think that would be the movie version, but like kids would get to lie in my bunk and look at these pictures. And then Bo Bo had told his mom on me and I could never forgive that, I guess. I I don't know, I mean, I was a petty person. And like I said, I have amends to make it because I think I egged his house because I, I mean, the, Billy was very upset with me. And Billy's since passed, so Billy's, I'm sorry too. Um, 
so okay, so but, but, but also because the more I tell the story, I realize what a great person. Also, Bo's house was the one. If you're really into this podcast, like one night, I, I, the one time I ate great nut, great grape nut cereal, I was sleeping over at his house, and that was one of my big life disappointments. I dreamed of eating grape nut cereal because I just had fantasized that it would be this delicious cereal, like whatever just sounded good, grape nuts, and I could never have it, and then I had no disposed, my family had grape nuts, so then at the sleepover, I snuck downstairs and fixed myself some grape nuts, and that's just like a little bit, like a heaping gigantic bowl of grape nuts, and I took one bite, and I was like, this is the most disgusting cereal I've ever had. And then it, right like after I did that, his mom or his dad came in and they said, what the heck do you think you're doing? And they said, well, I'm e- eating uh, an entire box of grape nuts, but I decided I'm not, you know. And so, anyway, so we went to Kmart. We were, gonna, we were on a mission to buy earrings for our girlfriends. And Bo had spoken to his girlfriend because uh, he was in, she had wanted these, uh, these earrings that were also tele like they were telephone earrings they were pink or turquoise i can picture them in my mind i remember Bo was trying to decide and they were like telephones like where the receiver the old-fashioned phones you would have at your like grandma you know not a cell phone clearly and i think they were like you know they were too like they were fun phones because like maybe the receiver hung up or something and like, uh, so Bo was like there, and I think he was like, okay, you, I'll buy one color and you buy the other color. What? And I got it in my mind, I said, oh, no, 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 no. And I started looking at this jewelry, and I think fantasizing that this is a common fantasy, I think, that like, oh, this is going to be the gift that's going to woo, 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 you know. And also, as you know, listen to this back, I watch so much TV as a child in movies, and they really formulated how I viewed the, the, what I thought was a real world. And this was the 80s, so like spangly, you know, sparkly stuff was in, and, and I remember I saw these earrings, and they were dangly, like uh, these two, like, uh, they look like sparkles, and they would do sparkle, I don't know, the, I don't know any of the terminology. But they were like three lines, each one was a little bit shorter, and they were like little squares like attached to, to catch the light, and I think they were silver. And to me these earrings looked like they, they could have been, you know, they were like a million dollar earrings, and I don't know what the prices were, I mean I know it was cheap, like very, I mean Kmart, like jewelry, and not in a case, you know, not, you didn't have to go to the case or where we were looking, I mean I was buying phone earrings. And I was kind of picturing them on her and saying, oh man, this is gonna, this is it, man. This is where, you know, Love City and, and you know, now I'm a Don, you know. You don't know, like it was just thrilling, I guess, to be by, like, uh, it just felt so, I don't know, no, it didn't feel adult. You know, there was like an illicit thrill. And we bought them, we didn't shoplift. I was terrified of, uh, the consequences of shoplifting, I'd never do that. You know, just because I was afraid, you know, barely, like, I overthink things. So we bought the, and Bo bought his. And then I remember we, I don't know if we wrapped the gifts or we wrote, wrote love notes or what we did. I don't remember any of that. But I do remember that it was like, and this is a very, this is as tropey as it gets. I remember I just gave them to her. And her look at my girlfriend at the time. So this is probably day three of our dating. And I'm not joking. This was a two-week, I think this was a two-week operation. But I remember giving him to her and her just kind of looking at me. And then I was like, are you, you know, you know, what are you going to put, you know, and then waiting the next day at school. And, you know, the earrings were never seen or heard from again, I don't believe. Maybe a century because I can see the earring. The, the I mean, I guess Bo had Bo was charming, so his girlfriend she did wear his earrings. And I mean, maybe this was around a dance, but I think the dance like uh, that was when I won the dance contest. I think this was the year after, maybe. Uh, when did 
you talk about that dance contest. That was a long time ago. That was another thing that happened to me in grammar school. Won a dance contest. I think that was in Boys Tap. That's a that's a pretty good episode too. Uh, so we so the earrings did not go over you know like I thought they would. And I mean I guess looking back at it, I, I don't think I asked. I said, she, "Do you want phone earrings?" Or maybe she even said, "Give me phone earrings like my sister." And I probably asked these questions, you know, I, I was consumed with, I guess like it's a difference between being empowered and powerless. I was a very, a person that was easily given to powerlessness. So I would just say, oh, what do you, are you going to wear those earrings tomorrow? You know, do you, I, I can't imagine what our phone calls would have been like. I mean, I mean, I'd definitely give them billions of dollars to, to, to even to just like, now maybe watching would be too depressing. Really interesting, man. Really talk about once anthropologists can time travel, it would be like I it wouldn't. I wouldn't even need to make the board. I'd just bring you and show you my life. Uh, here I am sitting, watching, growing pains, and formulating. At, you know, the, how I'm gonna be like. My, and here I am watching silver spoons and formulating. How I'm gonna be one day rich, shrew. You know, here I am watching who's the boss and wondering when. Going to meet her, you know. Here I am. Why? That, that was the Golden Girls. I watched a lot of Golden Girls. The Perfect Stranger. All these shows. These were 80s TV shows, by the way. Uh, here I am. Why? So, so, so the earrings did not. They weren't a hit. And I guess I like I wonder. I can see the price tag, but I can't see the price. I'm guessing like. Uh, I, I'm hoping, I mean, I know they were under $20 because they barely had any money. I'm hoping they were under $5, but please, I mean, please tell me. You know, somebody hit Kmart, you know, I don't think they were Bullet Special, but, I mean, I don't know if they were electroplated or what, but, uh, so the earrings weren't a big hit. So then I said to myself, well, geez, I got to step it up at this Beaver Lake Nature Center. I guess maybe I did, like, like once, like, uh, if this was week two, I was definitely, I feel like, imagining myself, at the, like, looking back, like, that I was a little bit, like, head over heels at this point, you know, maybe I was going to hold hands with her, or maybe we were even going to kiss, and, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I guess it's interesting that even as now as an adult, I think I have this uh, uh, default habit of striving for certainty. It's just interesting looking back and seeing myself uh, like striving for some certainty there. I guess like I, I guess I feel very neutral about these memories. Like they might seem a little sad, but they're actually not uh, because I can see myself like just well, I had like low self-esteem or whatever, or whatever you want to call it, or I just didn't feel attractive. I, I guess would be that that's what it was. Then I have confidence. I don't know if it's low self-esteem. It's just no confidence and no sense of attraction, of attractiveness. And I think that's probably something a lot of people share. And I think I was looking to counteract those things, you know, attain certainty that those weren't true, you know, through. And luckily I had friends like Bo to kind of arrange those things. And then later, when the dance contest, my, my friend Chris, okay, he was the one who, you know, got me a date for the one dance we had at grammar school, and he arranged that one, I think, or maybe his date arranged, maybe his date was the one who figured it out. Um, but so I had a lot of pressure on myself to, like, uh, to, to save the relationship here at the Beaver Lake Nature Center. And I, this is still a habit I can get into, like where I get really, uh, like, uh, in love with being in love. Maybe I don't know if that's the right term, or like, oh, like, like the wooing stage and like uh, surprises and stuff. And and so I think I was like, you know, like very heady, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna like, get something nice, you know, because I was thinking of her and I was out in nature. And I said, let me get this pencil sharpener. I wish I could, I think it was like a birdhouse, or it was one of those things where you press the bottom and the bird moves. Maybe it wasn't a pencil sharpener, but I'm pretty sure it was, because, you know, that would be utilitarian. 
and I know it was made out of wood and it was painted and uh, uh, like so I, I purchased it and I was full full thing and then when I gave it to her of course the, like you could see this coming she said no 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 I don't want to be you know I think she accepted the the I wonder, I, I guess I have to scan the memory banks, but so I had had the pencil thing, this was presumably like a, like a, like a weekend, a Saturday or Sunday, so then Monday I gave her the pencil sharpener, and she like broke up with me, or maybe it was just like, uh, I gave it to her, and I think this was one of those ones where it was like someone, the person at the desk in front of me told me, or someone told me at lunch, I mean, there was, like, like our school wasn't 100% like a Mean Girls movie. Like, I remember there was one girl, Julie uh, K, and she was always, uh, like, like trying to be helpful. And, and like, I think, like, she, she was very good at, uh, like, respecting people's feelings. And I think she's married to one of my brother's co-workers now. Uh, so she would always go out of the way. So if my feelings were hurt, she was there as a friend to say, oh, you know, uh, you know, it's not that big a deal or whatever, because that's probably crushed. I mean, like, like, and if it happened at lunch, uh, you know, all the boys sat together, so that would have been embarrassing. But I was lucky that I always had friends. Like, I guess I, I feel like I wasn't always a friend to everyone. So, like, I'm like, man, how lucky was, am I that I had, like, friends to turn to? So even when people were making, like, like if you were, if I cried, which I probably did, I mean, let's be honest, like, this was my first relationship, and I, you know, put a lot of money into it and, and, and thought and probably, you know, a lot of imagination, and I had certainty riding on it, so when it came whatever, I can assume it was like uh, someone said it to me from, uh, this is how I ma reimagine it, is that the person at the desk in front of me in grammar school said, oh, uh, Mikey Blank doesn't want, isn't going to be your girlfriend anymore, and I said, okay, well, and I just, uh, in denial, well, I don't know, I don't believe you, you know, you know. and then if I haven't at lunch, like a girl's lunch table told the boy's lunch table, and they became like a little bit embarrassing. Then they became upset and then like someone soothed me. So I did have people to soothe me, you know, friends or, um, so I was a little, again, very, very lucky. And uh, I'm trying to, I mean, I guess I'm trying to rescue the story because I mean, but that is like the good thing. And then, I mean, that, that I, like, uh, this might seem like, uh, like a, a cheap way to do it, but the truth was that I still had this huge crush on this other person. So I was able to return to that fantasy. Uh, or maybe this is like a coping strategy. I, I don't, I don't know. And I, I guess I don't want to know, you know. I, I mean, I get, I mean, I get, I get, but, but so, like, uh, what was my point? So that, that, uh, it wasn't very long before I, like, I redirected my, my crush, uh, I guess this will be interesting, playing it out, like, uh, at this, at this, uh, at this classmate, and while she, her and her sister were dating these two friends of mine, and, uh, had no chance, you know, in my heart, you know, your heart always has a chance. And I do honestly think, I mean, I don't want to look at this from a mental health perspective, but from a coping with life perspective, like crushes are, I, I view them as, for, for personally, they're a very important thing uh, to me. And I mean, like, so it's like part of the seasons of your life, like, I mean, right now between crushes and but even the, the real-time recipe episodes I, I talk about, geez, it's nice to have some, a crush on someone that works at the grocery store you go to. Because uh, it just makes them, you know, it's just a very, you're not going to really enter it. Like, it just makes it better to go to the grocery store. Like, where if it's someone that cuts your hair or something, they say, well, oh boy, that's like, a, that could go, not, you know. Where school, I always had a lot of trouble at school. I mean, so like the genesis of this podcast is a lot of it is the trouble I had at school. Uh, but crushes were, I guess, a coping mechanism. Like, honestly, I wouldn't have made it through. I don't think I would have showed up to high school. 
like my last two or three years of high school, if I didn't have a crush on someone, to, to go, and I'm not kidding, like, uh, like uh, my, my crushes made it, like, so, well, maybe I'll run into them at the hall or whatever, or this will be, like, that fantasy, constructed fantasy uh, that just had it, it was barely rooted in reality or, like, like uh, a tangential reality. You know, but very loosely associated with reality, uh, made it li like made it uh, say, "Well, I'll, I'll just go to school today." Like, uh, otherwise, they probably yeah. And, and even in like uh, because then what happened was like uh, ours was the first year, or so our sixth grade class was the first year there wasn't going to be any middle school, so they did like. Uh, because the schools, we went to, I went to Catholic school and the schools were shrinking and the money was tight. So then they had, a, like, they were cutting back. And so then we went to, like, a larger uh, middle school. And then I found new crushes there. Oh boy, there was another set of twins, believe it or not. And then I had a crush on those twins. And they were, I guess this is a pattern I repeat, that then uh, they were out of my league even though I had a crush on them. And then, and then at some point, I think I even asked, and, and, uh, and either one of my friend, female friends was like, no, 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 like, they were like just honest with me. And then in seventh grade, I did have a crush on another classmate. And then even then I said, well, geez, maybe I just need a girlfriend. Like, like I, all my friends were getting girlfriends again. And then it's similar pattern, like I had a friend and then I said, would you be my girlfriend? No, 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 no. Uh, we're just friends, but again, it's like that quest for, it's like uh, certainty and uh, certainty of good or certainty of bad. And, and like, uh, I guess like the lesson kind of I take from that is one, it's very, it's very nice to be able to go into these memories in a neutral place and think about Kmart and the thrill of buying gifts and look at things in this new appreciative light of seeing Jesus with this friend of mine, you know, that I kind of terminated our friendship because of uh, uh, him telling his mom, he was a really good friend and he was very uh, brotherly to me and I just, uh, like, went in above and beyond, he arranged my first girlfriend. I don't know if you can call it a girl, like, for the story context, it's a girlfriend. I don't think a week and a half, even if you buy two gifts, that qualifies. Like, I think you need to hold hands or kiss, like, as willing parties. I mean, so, but for the purpose of the story, it was a girlfriend. And, you know, looking at these other classmates that, you know, would step up and say, hey, geez, I see your feelings were hurt, you know. Uh, let me try to help. Uh, you know, those are undersold or easily forgotten about when we, when we don't get a chance to return to these. So that was a nice thing, and then just to say, geez, it's like, I guess it is interesting, I mean, right now I'm now looking back at it in a sad way of saying, huh, uh, I don't know how you say this, it doesn't sound a little bit obscene, but it's like, I was an unattractive young man, like, and I think most of that was a projected mental uh, view than an actual fact or something, like, like I think especially these pre-pubescent ages, I don't know what an expert would say, but this is way more of this uh, social hierarchy playing out and kind of playing out the roles that maybe you have in your family, but also these roles, you know, that, that you're, you're following, whatever modeling you're doing, and trying to, like, uh, establish a strange social hierarchy, and then also based on, like, physical attributes, you know, oh, who's taller, who's like more mature, uh, it's incredibly interesting, and uh, stuff being a kid, I guess uh, that's another thing, I hug my daughter extra tight and be like, man, uh, but you do make it through it, and I mean, as anything this podcast and life has taught me is that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, there's, there's a lot of interesting things in our difficult times, and, you know, they're not all bad, and, and, and it's, I guess, can they become lulling and soothing? Uh, I mean, I think if you make a trip to Kmart, uh, you could pretty much 
Thanks.